Welcome to Trucker's Life Podcast, helping highway heroes, where we bring visibility, appreciation, and celebration to truck drivers, because we know these streets ain't loyal. Streaming every Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your podcast platforms. Get to floating. If your wheels ain't a turning, then you ain't earning. So let's start the mother trucking show with your host, Queen Key. everyone and welcome back inside the construction zone for those of you who don't know me my name is Lakeisha Martin I am an over-the-road truck driver of 26 plus years I'm a master trainer of over two decades and a two million mile safe driver yes I'm also known as hashtag Queen Key or hashtag real queen key if you want to follow me on all of my other social media outlets like Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and on Facebook, I am Lakeisha Martin. Now, if you hear me back out there on the road on the one nine, it'll sound a little something like this. Break, break, one nine. Yes, right. It's Queen Key. That's me. That's Q-U-E-E-N-K-E-E. Yes, that E was so nice. My mama did it twice. Come on. Holla at you, girl. You just holla on back and say, hey, auntie, we moving this straight and we'll get along. Meanwhile, welcome into the construction zone. So let's start the mother trucking show. What are we talking about today in the construction zone point? Today, we are going to talk about something that is near and dear to my little heart. Today, we are talking about toxic work environments. Yes, toxic work environments. And how do you know and recognize that you're in a toxic work environment? And how do you get out once you recognize you in one? And how to prevent yourself from getting in one in the first place, huh? huh? Yes. So let's start about what is a toxic work environment? Okay. A toxic work environment kind of looks like this. You got to try to figure it out and you got to try to detect that if in the environment that you're in, number one, you feel uncomfortable. Number two, it messes with your morals that they want you to do certain things. Or number three, it's frowned upon for you to voice your opinion when something doesn't seem right in the environment. Those are really good key signs to detect whether or not you're in a toxic environment. And see, out here as a big truck driver, you know, we're pretty much out here in these straights, huh? Yes. We're moving freight all around the country. So you say, what, what, what you talking about toxic environment? Ain't nobody in a big old truck but me. In the road. And the peoples. Now, if you got a team driver, you got a co-driver, that's about it. But it's not like I work in a big old office where I got to be around people every day and deal with them or whatever. This is true. You're not in that kind of situation where you have to log in for eight hours and sit into the next cubicle next to Sally for every day of your life. 
it's not that kind of toxic environment, but you do still have a work environment that's relative to your truck driving and relative to what you have to deal with every day and you can feel whether or not it's toxic or not. Let's talk about it if you can detect whether or not your carrier provides a toxic work environment for you. Let's look on the clipboard. Clipboard says, when you were hired as a driver or a trainee, for this company were you introduced directly to your dispatcher in person or was it over the phone or over the Qualcomm when you got it introduced to your dispatcher okay answer that question then have you ever met the safety director live and in person whether it be at a shop at the home office Do you know the first name of either or both? The first and last name. Do you know the first and last name of your dispatcher? And do you know the first and last name of your safety director? That's a question you ask. How long does it take dispatch to respond to you when you send out and ask a question? Whether it's over the phone, over the Qualcomm, or if you sent them a text message, how long does it take for them to get back to you with the answer to the question that you presented to them? Okay. Does your carrier have a 24 hour live person to answer calls 24 hours a day in case of a breakdown? So in other words, do they have an all-call, on-call person to where like, if you broke down at two o'clock in the morning and you call this number, is it a live person and not an answering machine? Right? Another question. Are they aware of your personal home time and your personal environment? Are they aware? Okay. This is the state that she lives in. This is how often she needs to get home every two to three weeks, right? Are they aware whether or not you have a spouse? Do you have children? Are you caring for an elderly parent at home? Is your dispatcher aware of these things when it comes time for them to plan or route you home? Right? So let me tell you a story. So these are some things that you can pretty much go by to figure out whether or not the carrier that you're driving for um, is providing a healthy or toxic work environment for you. So I'm going to tell you about how one time when I recognized I was newer in the game, I think maybe I had only been driving about three or four years. So to me, I was still green smelling like Semilek, you know, behind the ears or whatever. And I thought that I had a pretty decent carrier. I thought I had a pretty decent, you know, um, relationship. They knew what was going on. And I was working in a toxic work environment and I did not know it because no one told me about these little signs for me to look for to see if the carrier was providing a toxic work environment for me. So it came a long time, you know, we don't really get the, you know, the trucking industry runs 24 hours a day. So they don't really pay too much attention to holidays and birthdays and times off and things like that, except they kind of give a little credence to Christmas time, you know, cause everybody, you know, loves Christmas and you know, it's just like one of those national holidays that, you know, everybody knows about Christmas, right? So 
it came upon a time where, you know, they knew that I had children. They knew that I had foster children. So when I first started driving, I just didn't just have my own kids, but I had foster kids. I had a pretty decent support system at home for the times that I was out on the road. My husband and I would run, you know, um, tag team and I would go out for two weeks and he would stay home and then he would go out for two weeks and I would stay home. So that's how we took care of our children and that's how we took care of our foster children. So I thought or I knew that my dispatch and my company was fully aware that I was a foster parent and that these were children that were that had abandonment issues. They were children that didn't really have Christmases where they came from. They either came from shelters or group homes or abusive homes to where Christmas never really felt like it meant like Christmas to them. So I made it abundantly clear to dispatch that I would work every other holiday. I would work Thanksgiving. I would work New Year's Day. I would work the 4th of July. I would work every single holiday if I could just get home for Christmas. And it wasn't just because I wanted to be. It was because there were children that depended on me to show them what family was all about as a foster parent. And I thought that my company understood that, right? No problem. So we're coming up on Christmas and they're routing all the drivers home and it was a load I live in Florida, so a lot of times it's very, very difficult to get a load that's going into Florida at any time of the year, let alone Christmas, because most of the loads come out of Florida because we pull out produce, but going into the Florida is a little bit more difficult, and I was understanding about that leading up to this incident. It was about three days before Christmas, and how my dispatcher worked it out was, was that Christmas was on a weekend this year, so it fell over the weekend, so they had to get everything worked out by Friday before Christmas, which was actually two days before Christmas, because on that Friday, they were going home for a half a day, and they had all the way off through Christmas break because Christmas ended up being on a Sunday, right? So how they decided they were gonna route me home was they were gonna route me home with what we would call a repower. And you're a driver, so you know what a repower is. But for those of you who don't know what a repower is, it's when one driver on one part of the country picks up a load, and then another driver on another part of the country picks up a load and they meet in the middle and they swap out and this driver takes that load on this way and that other driver takes a load on this way so the only way that my dispatcher could get me home for christmas was to schedule me this repower my load out of um where i was coming from from virginia was going to texas and then there was a driver that was coming out of seattle that was delivering a load that was delivering into florida but he needed to get to Tennessee, which was his home time. So I was supposed to drive to Virginia. We were supposed to meet in the middle so that I would give it to him and he would go home to Tennessee and then I would take his load and I would take it home to Florida and deliver it after Christmas. Well, I did everything I was supposed to do. I picked up the load and I went to go and swap the load with the driver and I waited and I called and I texted and I did the Qualcomm and everything. And the driver never showed with the load that I was supposed to take to Florida. So I'm I'm texting dispatch, I'm calling them, I'm letting them know where is this load, I'm waiting for it, whatever. And so finally, the dispatcher gets back on the phone with me and she says, well, I'm sorry, Queen, well, we can't get you home for Christmas because the driver that was supposed to pick up the load to repower with you never picked up the repower load. I'm sorry, this is out of my control. There's nothing that I can do. But she already knew because the driver was supposed to be under this load the day prior. 
So you already knew that the driver hadn't picked it up 24 hours before I'm calling you, telling you he's not responding to me. In that 24 hours, you could have, one, looked for me another load to repower, two, looked for me a direct load going down to Florida, or at least make me aware that the repower was not going to be available and not wait until it was 10 minutes before you to go home for the next three days. And I'm stuck on a load in East Jabumba Crap, Alabama, which is where I spent that Christmas away from my biological children, away from my foster children. I spent that Christmas alone in a hotel eating out of the vending machine. It was at that time that I realized that I was working in a toxic work environment and no one had given me the signs to tell me what to look out for. Needless to say, before the new year rang, I was with another carrier. And I was sure to make sure that I looked out for the signs of a toxic work environment. So if you answered these questions prior that I gave you and they didn't come out on the right side of the of the meter, Hanty, you're probably working in a toxic work environment and you need to figure out either how to rectify it and correct it or how to get out of it and change carriers. Because the longer you stay in a toxic work environment, the less fun you have at work. See, I'm not just driving trucks. I am a truck driver. It is a passion of mine. It's something that I love to do. And I can't love to do it and come to work as if when I come to work, my dispatch and my carrier and my safety department or whatever provides a toxic work environment for me. Now, I'm unhappy. Now, the freight ain't going to be happy getting to where it's going because I'm an unhappy driver. And an unhappy driver delivers unhappy freight if they deliver the freight at all. But these carriers sure ain't figured that out by now, huh? We gonna tell them. So, Queen, what should I do? (laughs) You know, I'm gonna give you some tips. If I discover that I'm in a toxic work environment and what should I do in order to try to see if I can fix it or get out? So, three tips that you can follow to figure out if you're in a toxic work environment, three being the least and one being the most important. Tip number three. Do your research on the carrier first. Before you decide to go with the carrier, talk to other drivers, people who may have driven for this carrier before. If you can, talk to someone who's worked in dispatch with them before or in the safety department. Truck drivers just love to talk about the places they used to drive and they sure don't like to be telling all the best parts of it, right? So if there was something negative about that particular carrier, you can best believe you can sit at the TA and hear all the stuff that they consider to be a toxic environment. Also, do your research. Once you get there, look online, look for reviews, things of that sort, and see if they got more negative than positive, you might wanna reconsider whether or not you go with that carrier or not, right? Tip number two, request to meet your dispatcher in person upon the time that you arrive when you're about to be hired. Now, if you make this request and you're going to the yard anyway to where your dispatcher is going to be, no problem. If your dispatcher is not located at the place to where you are picking your truck up, then you say, I want to schedule an in-person meeting to go to that particular yard and your dispatcher should find you a load that will route you 
to the yard where they're working out of so that you can have an in-person meeting and this should be able to happen within your first 30 days of working with this carrier. If they come back with you with every excuse in the book as to why they cannot schedule an in-person meeting with your dispatcher, you're probably going to be working in a toxic work environment because most reputable companies have no problem at all routing you to the office routing you to the corporate office or routing you to where you can meet and understand your working relationship with your dispatcher. If they got problems, you got red flags. Okay. And thing number one, when you do meet your dispatcher, build a genuine relationship with your dispatcher. I mean, genuinely get to know them. What's their first and last name? Are they married? Do they have children? Do they like dogs? What was the last place they went on vacation? If you show a genuine interest in building an actual relationship with your dispatcher, most of the time it's reciprocal and they will learn about you. Well, I know Queen likes to go home because of this. I know this is her favorite food. I know her son likes the color blue. I know that her spouse was a military vet that passed away. I know that she's a widow. I know these things. I know that she likes to stay out for a whole six weeks before she goes home. So there's no reason for me to schedule her home time every three weeks. I know that she likes to do this. So when you build a genuine relationship, a genuine working relationship with your dispatcher in their mind it doesn't know the difference it computes to an actual friendship if someone knows what your favorite color is you're not gonna just say that's sally in the next cubicle you're gonna say oh that's my co-worker sally yeah or that's my associate or that's my friend because I can associate with them. I know things personal about them that makes them a little closer than just the person that works on the other end of the phone. So if you build that natural relationship with your dispatcher going in from the beginning, it makes it very, very difficult for them to put you in a situation that's going to be toxic for you, even if the carrier that they're working for has toxic practices. And I'm going to tell you why. Because they've built some kind of connection with you. Had I built the kind of connection that I needed with that particular dispatcher, maybe she wouldn't have waited until it was 10 minutes before she went home to let me know that the previous driver didn't pick up the repower. Maybe she would have told me 24 hours ahead of time, if nothing else, just to give me a heads up so I could mentally prepare myself and prepare my heart to give the news to my foster children and my children who were waiting for me to come home for Christmas. Because she would have felt bad that I wasn't even allowed to be able to do that. They didn't find out to the last minute that I wasn't coming home, just like I didn't find out to the last minute that I wasn't coming home. Had I built that relationship with her, maybe she would have at least given me that. Or maybe she would have worked that extra two or three hours to find me another load that I possibly could get in the direction to get me to as close to home as possible, which has happened with some of my other carriers at, at, at other times in my career. So by building that relationship initially from the beginning, set clear boundaries, what you will and will not deal with, what you will and will not do, and expect the same expectations from them when they will and will not answer, when they will be me available. One of the first questions I always ask my dispatchers when I meet them, I say, hi, my name is Queen. It's very nice to meet you. And I always meet them in person. And I say, can I ask you a question? And they say, sure. I said, well, what are you doing? between 11 p.m. 
4 a.m. every morning. They said, um, well, I don't know. Probably sleeping. I said, me too. Don't forget it. See, truck driving is a 24-hour job. So loads could come at pretty much any time during that rolling 24 hours. But I myself know that I have heavy fatigue when I'm driving in the wee hours of the morning. So anywhere between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m., my body physically will not allow me to have cognitive ability to move freight. So I intentionally schedule my rolling 24 so that my 10-hour break falls between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. That means please don't schedule me to pick up something at 2 o'clock in the morning. Please don't schedule me to be dropping something off at 1 o'clock in the morning. Because between 11 and 4, my body physically has to be asleep. So if you want your freight to be delivered on time and in a safe manner to where I'm safe and healthy, your freight is delivered on time without any incidents, accidents, or occurrences, which I have 2 million miles safe driving because I set those boundaries in the beginning to let them know my body physically cannot do this. Please don't ask me to do so. And if this is a condition of employment here, then I will have to find employment somewhere else. So if you set those boundaries in the beginning, then there won't be any confusion going on later. And then you won't accidentally find yourself working in a toxic work environment. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. I hope that you've got some value from this so that now you can identify toxic work environments. Keep yourself out of them, honey. Get yourself out if you're in it and try to prevent others from building a toxic work environment around you because our mental health is very important for us to do our jobs well out here. Now, remember to come back next Thursday for another episode of Construction Zone because inside here, we got to help each other, build each other up, look each other out, and help us the best that we can. And I love you the mostest. Now, don't be alarmed when I say that I love you. There are many people out here in this world that can find no reason to hate you. So I can find no reason to love you. Yes, be sure to make sure you subscribe to my channel. Follow me on all my other social media at hashtag Queen Key or at Real Queen Key so that you won't miss all my other stupendous value and videos. I want to make sure that this is a safe place for you so that we can learn and grow together. And until then, drive a key between the lines of these asphalted trees and you be safe out there. And listen to for me on the one nine. You say, hey, 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 that's me, Queen Key. Q-U-E-N-K-E-S. That E was so nice that my mama did it twice. Come on. You holla at your girl and I'll holla back. Until then, I'll see you next time in another episode of Construction Zone. Well, driver, Queen Key has bumped the dock. We hope we got you through those last hundred miles. If not, no worries. Download all the episodes from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platforms. 
Hit her on the 1-9 if you see her on the big row. And she'll join you in the hammer lane. Until then, stay safe, chew up the asphalt, and keep between the lines.